Hey, it's Vince. I am coming to you from my 41st birthday today. And this morning, I sat down and I wrote out 41 lessons, things I've learned along the way um, in my 41 years. And it's a combination of business. It's a combination of personal stuff. Uh, Business is also, I broke down into really, really high level tactical things and really, uh, you know, I should say, you know, boots on the ground tactical things and really high level strategy things. And, you know, some personal stuff that has helped me along the way. And hopefully it helps you. And it's a long list, 41. It's 141 today. And I've seen other mentors of mine do things like this. And I thought it was really cool. So hopefully you get you know, some insight from these things and, uh, coming to you from a place of, uh, vulnerability coming to you from a place of me certainly not being perfect and me certainly having a lot to work on still, uh, every day. So, uh, I, I never want you to think because I have a podcast, because I've written books, um, because I have a decent business that uh, I don't struggle with things that I do. And uh, a lot of times the birthdays make you reflect on the things um, that that you have struggled with. And uh, I think the biggest lesson I'll talk about is really that um, that your your worst days are often your best days. So um, but let me get into the list. And um, number one is consider second order consequences. This is a, a lesson in business, but also in life. And it was taught to me by one of my mentors, Paul Goff. And here's kind of what this means. Um, Think about if you eat a donut, right? You don't get fat immediately after you eat the donut, right? You only get fat from eating donuts after you eat them over and over and over again. And so getting fat from eating donuts is is what's called a second order consequence. And a lot of times we make decisions in business and we really only consider what are the immediate consequences, right? What are the immediate consequences from the decision you're about to make? And we never kind of consider what are the things down the line that could impact you in a negative way if you make this decision or if you don't make this decision. And one of the best formulas I've ever been taught for overcoming or for working through um, second order consequences is this, is asking yourself a series of three questions. And the first question is, what's the upside? And that's an easy one, right? You list out the things, let's say you're making a decision um, to, uh, let's use the COVID-19 example and let's use that your state has shut things down and you're considering opening. So, all right, that's a big decision. You're considering opening and defying a government order. So go through the process. What's the upside? Well, the upside is you get some clients back. You, the upside is you start making some money back. The upside is you, your staff can, can work and you can potentially save jobs and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So you list out the upside. Um, the second thing is what's the downside? And a lot of times we don't even like to go here because as entrepreneurs, we're kind of filled with this level of optimism that, you know, is sometimes 
uh, a little bit out there. And uh, we don't really uh, consider the the downside. And this is where having mentors and coaches and stuff like that really comes into handy because so opening up against the government orders probably and in this case you want to go out and talk to like a lawyer and stuff you have to really look at what is the downside because you may not be giving yourself the real picture of what the downside really is so that's the second question is asking yourself what's the downside and the third question is can you live with the downside and so in this case of opening you know despite a government order to stay closed you know, the downside is, you know, lots of fines. The downside is they could take your business license away. The downside is that clients could think that you're not taking this seriously and never come back. Um, so you just have to say, you know, if those, if those things happen, right, if those things do happen, can you live with that? And, you know, to give you an example of Kyle Newell, who's one of my mastermind members that did defy a government order, he knew all that stuff. And he went through this model that I, I worked on it with him and um he was able to live with those consequences he was he was like you know hey man if i shut me down i'll go move to <laughs> vermont or new hampshire and go do something else and um he was he was at peace with that and i and i as much as i didn't agree with the decision at the time um i respected the hell out of that decision that he was at peace with that he was going off his own um, and not listening to anyone else but just his own heart. And um, I respected that. But I do think it's important to consider these second-order consequences. So that was number one. And if I go this long on all these, this is going to be the longest podcast on the planet. So I might need to speed it up. Uh, Number two, lesson number two, ask for advice. Now, I've always been one that has always asked for advice, but this is like almost like a little bit of a tactical tip. I learned this from Dr. Robert Cialdini, who actually has a stake in the number three on my list here. Um, But Dr. Robert Cialdini talks about in his book, Presuasion, which is his second book. I mean, he wrote one unbelievable book and then 30 years later, he writes another one. It's amazing. But um, it's, it's, um, Sorry, I'm getting a lot of birthday wishes coming through. I'm hoping this, this doesn't shut off the, uh, the tape. But um, he, he talked about in his book, Persuasion that using the word advice puts people at a higher level of status when you ask them. So let's just say that you were thinking about wanting to create a joint venture with a specific company or your business. And you knew the person... You knew a person that knew the person that you needed to get in touch with. And let's say you reach out and says, hey, you know, I was wondering if I could take you to lunch. I want to pick your brain about something or, or, or whatever. And they'll probably be like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, but the advice question immediately gets someone's attention because when you ask someone for their advice, you're just telling them that I respect your opinion. I respect you. I respect the things you say. I will listen to you. Um, So the word advice carries a lot of weight. And the best story I can tell you is this. I have a client that was kind of off the grid and he, he was not answering any of my messages. And he, he, 
he, he, I even sent him a personal video message basically saying, hey, if you don't respond to this message, I'm going to come to your house and pull you out of your house. And it was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek joke. And this was a, a video message of me talking into my phone. I was like, this is a guaranteed response. Crickets. No response. So I wait a week and I ask him this question really quickly. Can I get your advice on something? Question mark. That's it. Nothing else. This was after four text messages, calls of nothing. Immediate response. Of course. I was putting him in this position of authority. And the word advice sings differently than can I bend your ear about something? Can I ask you for this? And blah, 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 blah. So start using the word advice. Number three, I didn't speed it up. (laughs) Number three, know the laws of persuasion. And this is a take on similar to what I just talked about, but there's a really, really good book. And really, I'm just going to go quick on this one because I just want you to go read the book. Uh, I do have uh, in my 41s a couple just book um, book recs. And this is a book that if you want to be good at marketing and you want to be good at making money and you want to be good at having a successful business, then you really, really, really need to read the book Influenced by Robert Cialdini. Okay, he talks about the six laws of persuasion Um, A couple of them I'll actually go through because a couple of them are one of my lessons. But the lesson here, and again, it would be too long if I went through each one. So the lesson here is just go read that book. It's just such a powerful book that will teach you about marketing from a level of a lot of times we like, you know, want to learn the tactical side of marketing, right? But really, you know, marketing and understanding marketing is a lot about human behavior, Right and and why people buy and why people do what they do and why they make decisions and why they don't buy, and um, Cialdini's work is just unbelievable. So it, definitely go if you haven't read it already, um, go read it. If you've read it already, go read it again. I've read the book several times, and here's a, here's one other tip too. Um, a lot of times I will revisit books that I've read, and. There are great summaries on YouTube where you can go just watch a a basically synopsis of a book. And usually they're about five to seven minutes long. And there are these whiteboard style videos. And you really get a lot of insight from the book. I don't usually do it a ton on books that I haven't read. But it's a really good reminder and fresher from books that I have read. So if you've already read it, maybe go in and, and go type influence in the um, uh, type type influence into YouTube and you'll probably see a lot of cool stuff uh, come up. Okay, that was number three. Number four is to wear your marketing glove. Now I this is kind of a concept that I invented but really stole and it was, you know, uh, part of it was J- from Jay Abraham's 
Power Parthenon where he talks about you need multiple ways, you know, to grow your business. And Dan Kennedy will talk about the worst number in business is one. And from those kind of principles I created to wear your marketing glove. And essentially wearing your marketing glove is when you have several different ways that you're generating leads for your business. And a lot of times people rely on one thing. They rely on Facebook ads, they rely on word of mouth referral. But, you know, a lot of times that one thing can really dry up. And so what you really need to do is you really need to focus on having multiple. Now, uh, I broke a lot of hearts when I my my concept on the wearing the marketing glove was not this concrete research-based concept, right? It was a more of a, a, a mindset and a lesson to really give you a visual to remember that you need multiple um, ways to market your business. A lot of times when I told people they didn't have to have five, it's better if they had five. But if they had four or three, they're not going to go to business. And they're like, oh, really? I thought I had to have a... No, it, it, you just need multiple, right? And five is like a good sweet spot number. And obviously the marketing glove, it's an easy thing to remember, right? You can remember it pretty easily. Um, so go out and look at your marketing right now, right? Look at where you're generating your leads from. If you sit down on a Monday and you want to see how many leads you generated... Don't just look at how many you generated, but look at actually where they came from. And when you look at where they came from, you'll be able to see what's working and what's not working. So our businesses need to be in this constant state of an evaluation. And that's why I like the most important, one of the most important tools in your business is, is a scoreboard that you look at every week and obviously one of the core drivers for your business is leads. If if there's no leads coming in, there's a good chance there's not going to be any memberships, new memberships. And the one thing we know that, you know, people are going to leave, people are going to terminate, people are going to move away. But if you don't, don't have anything in the top of the bucket, then it's going to be a hard climb to fill it. So you got to have marketing going on. You got to understand it. But one of my core concepts that I teach in marketing is to have multiple ways that you're generating leads by wearing your marketing glove. Okay, number five is read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And this is a book that every GFP team member reads as soon as they're hired. And it has nothing, it's not a business book, it's not a training book, it's really just a life book. And this is a book that your children should read. This is a book that you should read every year. And there's so many principles in this book and the, the concepts in it. And, and the most powerful one, you know, that I've probably, you know, have used at, in my business is, is, the, is using names, right? And so if you think about how powerful it is when you have a new client come in and all of a sudden, their first couple days there, five other team members are calling them by their first name. And they're coming up to me and they're saying, I don't know how you remember everyone's name. This is crazy that you guys do this. And it's just because we put a, a priority on it. But it's honestly one of the things that gives such an unbelievable first impression is remembering names. And I do remember I had a teacher 
in San Diego. I, I graduated from the University of San Diego. And I had a teacher that there was like 40 people in the class. And he went around and, you know, he, you know, we introduced ourselves the first day of class. The second day of class, I came in and he saw me in the hallway before class. And he said, hey, Vince, how you doing? And I was like, I, ne- I never forgot. I don't remember his name. <laughs> Crazy. I don't remember his name. I don't remember the topic of the class. I don't remember. I don't even like, I can't even picture what he looks like. I just remember that he remembered my name. And I remembered that feeling about how this guy remembered my name after one day with 40 other people in the class. And I thought that was like a really, really cool, special thing. So you'll get tools like that from the book, um, how to win friends and influence people. Okay. Number. I don't remember what number on. I don't even know. I think number seven. Number seven is find out. No, number six. Find out where you have unused capacity. This is a really, uh, a couple people have brought this to my attention. Uh, first, Dan Kennedy, but also a guy named Ben Settle, who I subscribed to his newsletter. And they've done a great job of unpacking this concept. And this is like what I was talking about as a high-level thinking strategic business thing. Right? This isn't like a tactical thing. Uh, it creates a lot of tactical things. But it's really a way of thinking. And that's one of the things that I like to do in the mastermind is I like to teach guys mindsets, business mindsets and ways of thinking. And this concept of unused capacity is just a way of thinking all the time of where do you have assets that you're currently sitting on that you're not using, hence the term unused capacity. So here's an example. So, and I'll give a real simple one. And hopefully most of you that follow me email your list, which is one of the other ones. But let's say you don't. And, and it's funny because there's a lot of COVID, there's a lot of emails that I'm getting now from uh, before COVID-19, never got an email before, right? So now they're like, all right, we got to do something. We got to email. One of them was the trampoline place that my kids go to, right? And all of, I never got an email from them ever. And now all of a sudden I get emails from them three times a week they must have realized that they had an asset in their email list that was not being used. Hence, unused capacity. And you have it everywhere. We all do. You have unused capacity everywhere in your business. You have physical things. You have pieces of equipment that you never used before. Right? You, you have trainers that have skill sets in potentially graphic design or social media or taking pictures or doing handyman work you have they they have all those skills but you never you've never even knew they had them those are unused capacity you have books that you haven't read it's unused capacity so this is a concept you need to be looking for on a regular basis is where do i have unused capacity but going back to the email list thing if you have an email list that you don't use you're sitting on a gold mine you're sitting on a gold mine and you 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 can activate money 
that's right in front of you that you didn't even know was there. So you got to be on the lookout. You got to ask yourself the question is like, what's going on around here? Where am I not using something that I know uh, can, can be used? And we all got it. We got it in people. We got it in places. We got it in things. We got it in, you know, think about this. How many, th- there's a joke in the internet marketing world that the majority of the products sold, like you know, old school products like DVD kits and binders and stuff like that. Um, the joke is that the shrink wrap was never taken off. The shrink wrap was never taken off the binder and the kit of DVDs and stuff like that. And that's just buying something and then not using it. It's just, man, think of all that. Think of all that unused capacity that that you're sitting on. So that's a concept that's a really important one. Okay. Uh, Number seven. This was great. I did this recently. Find out what's wow in your business right now. So walk around your business and ask yourself, what's wow? So I originally learned this concept from the president of High Point University. And basically, High Point University is like Disneyland. It's like if Disney did college, right? And so you walk around High Point and there's all kinds of crazy things that make parents when they drop their kids off or they go on a potential visit say wow so parking is a big issue at a lot of universities well at high point you don't pay for parking and there's plenty of it and there's trucks going around the university with ice cream and giving students free ice cream there's beautiful beautiful buildings that they've created and people walk around this place and they're like wow wow this is amazing and when they get the bill for their sixty thousand dollar a year tuition it doesn't hurt as much because of all that wow and so think about that in your business Think about what are the things that you would walk someone into or what are the things that you do or who are the personalities that you have where someone that's a potential customer or a customer leaves that experience and be like, wow, that was awesome. So uh, I'll give an example like Big Tom, right? Big Tom, who who has worked with me for 12 years, you know, he, he runs the best personal training group session um, around. And people leave and they just, they, they're like, wow, that was really good. That was, I feel, my body still feels good. I felt like I was challenged. I felt like I was pushed. I laughed a little bit and I got trained by a giant at the same time because Tom's six foot nine. And I was like, wow, that was really good. And that's like, man, like if you can start finding and creating now, it doesn't have to be these massive, huge things doesn't have to be these like it doesn't you don't have to give free ice cream to your clients probably not <laughs> advised uh to do that but like maybe you have a special thing you do for a clients birthdays right and birthdays are on the mind since it's my birthday today but maybe you have this special thing that you do for birthdays and people like leave that situation like wow that they really really care you know about me and my birthday 
And so walk around your business. And this is a great exercise to do with your team. Right? What's wow? Now, here is number eight. Number eight is what sucks. So we got what's wow is number seven. The number eight lesson is what sucks. And if you walk around your business, can you pinpoint things that suck? Can you pinpoint a cluttered desk that a client sees and walks by? Can you pinpoint dirty bathrooms? Can you pinpoint a, a plate that's, um, that's been up against the wall and there's a mark there? Can you pinpoint a trainer that's not into it? Or a trainer that's on their cell phone or something like that? Um, can you pinpoint a, a, a process that you have that makes it harder for people to do business with you? Maybe your paperwork is too cluttered and long and that, that process. And that. So start to think about like what sucks about your business right now. And this is a great time to do it for some of you that aren't open yet. Is to really look around and be like, what does suck about my business? And don't like take it personally. It's just we all got stuff that sucks about our business. But it's a great exercise. And, and sit with your team and do this exercise together and be like, all right, what's wow? And what sucks? And you'll probably find a lot of really, really cool stuff. Now, here's a caveat to this list because I'm about to take a, a break and stop. And... um because I have a meeting to go to and I've only gotten through uh, eight of these and I'm already almost 30 minutes in. So um, this list is something that you're not going to take action on everything right away. There's not, there, this is not meant for you to give you 41 things that you should do tomorrow, not even close. This is meant to act as a resource for you that you could leverage and use over the course and a period of time. Hence why I'm most likely going to create a PDF of the transcript of this so you can maybe get some uh, written. So don't get overwhelmed and be like, oh, he's throwing all this stuff at me. Uh, out of the 41 things, if you happen to listen to all these podcasts, um, you know, pick one that's going to drive you. Pick one that's going to get you going and, and just go take action into it. Um, all right. I'll be back with the next part of the list soon. Peace.